0: This is your host, Krista Bigler, Private Practice Integrative Nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. All right, today we have Bridget Danner, who has been a licensed acupuncturist since 2004 and a certified functional diagnostic practitioner since 2015. After losing everything to toxic mold, Bridget now educates about toxins and coaches women on how to detoxify through a functional approach. So definitely some topics I love talking about. Welcome to the show, Bridget. Hi, Krista. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we were just talking off air about like this doesn't get talked about a lot. So it's good to bring some awareness to this topic, correct?
1: Yeah, it's really great. And you know, some people are going to listen and be like, I don't think that applies to me, but you know, honestly, I think that everyone is going to have some suspicion come up like, oh, could this be happening to my cousin? You know, is this why my basement is so weird? Like, so I, th- I think it's really good. And it's a more common problem than people realize. So thank you for sharing it.
0: Yeah, it's a hugely common problem. It affects way more people than you think. And it's silent, which is kind of the problem with it. Um, So but let's talk about you a little bit, because you're very close to this topic. Can you give us a little bit of background on your history? Were you an acupuncturist first and then mold happened? Just walk us through that timeline a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, there's been some interesting full circle things in my life lately. So I went into natural medicine because I was a young environmentalist and I thought, well, this is one way to impact the way people live. So I went into natural medicine, but then I got really immersed in the medicine, you know, the Chinese herbs and the acupuncture and how do I help someone's back pain. And to be honest, some of the environmental stuff kind of went to the, you know, the back burner. I was also living in Portland, Oregon, where there's a lot of environmental awareness already. So I just didn't feel like it was something I needed to talk about that terribly much. Uh and then some years into my career, I don't know, like twelve years into it, um, I was sick. I was so, you know, some of the things that kind of brought me to this diagnosis is I ended up I had strep throat and I just didn't recover and I was so tired and I was, you know, trying to get IV therapy and do some things to like get back on track. You know, I was already super healthy habits, you know, sleeping, going to yoga, eating well, and I just was like, you know, something is, is not right. Um, and looking back on it, and I, I think it was a factor for longer than I realized, but that was my tipping point. And I, I think that it's, it is true that in every toxin story, there is like a tipping point where your body just is overwhelmed. So at that point, my body was overwhelmed. You know, I was at the naturopathic college and asking questions and getting these IV therapies And they asked me about my home and what had changed. So a couple things had changed. One, we had gotten a cat, so they were concerned about that. And then I said, well, you know what? It's been raining really heavily, and we've had a couple wet spots in our basement. And our basement is already, you know, kind of smelly and just, like, not the cleanest environment. Um, So they said, well, you might want to check for mold. And I mentioned it to my husband And he wanted to go for it. I frankly didn't, Krista. I was like, I know enough to know like this is a whole heap of trouble. Um, But we tested and we came back with mold. At that point, we used a mold inspector who went around our house and just inspected the whole house for moisture and leaks and that kind of a thing. But he also sampled the air and some drywall and did find some toxic mold. So that was sort of I'll say the beginning of the end or the beginning of the beginning, it meant a lot of changes in our house, a lot of work on um, my health, um, just a pretty big disruption. Um, uh, but in the end, like you can't cover your eyes up for it because it's a very potent neurotoxin, carcinogen, you know it's it's just bad news. So um, if you know if you do suspect it, it's important to really learn about it and not try to save money on like kind of DIY techniques because you really have to remove it carefully.
0: Yeah, so I can't wait for this question. Did you have to move or were you able to remedy the situation in your current home?
1: So we did end up moving. I guess you could say we did both. And when we spent, we ended up spending, I can't remember the total, but I mean at least $50,000 on the house, at least. Maybe it was more like 70 or 80. Um, and, you know, maybe we could have moved back in because we really did an excellent job, you know, new siding, new flooring, just like everything. Um, but I just don't think we, f- we didn't feel comfortable there anymore. You know, we, just like any, any risk that, you know, we can move back in and buy new furniture and then be sick again. Just It just didn't feel worth it. Luckily, there was a housing boom going on, so it it paid off for us. But if this had all happened, you know, a few years earlier when the market was so low, it would have been even more like financially, you know, traumatizing for us.
0: So then, when you moved to a new house, did you take extra special care to do the inspection for mold? And then, part two is, was your family's health also suffering? So,
1: not my son. I just have one son, and he was. Mostly not affected, although later I did test him for toxins in his urine, and he does have some, but he doesn't seem to have, you know, many, if any, symptoms. Um, we can talk more about that later. My husband was affected. You know, frankly, I think I was more affected than him because women women's physiology, I think, is more complicated, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it just affected me in, in more ways than him, but he was also affected Which in a way was a blessing because a lot of spouses, only one gets sick and the other one thinks they're crazy, which is a really rough situation. And a lot of these mold situations, you know, end in divorce because it's just so hard on them. So, but getting back to your question, we ended up, um, we actually traveled for a couple months. My husband got a leave of absence from work. We went to Arizona and then, you know, did, did some other traveling just to kind of get away from a human environment. That was again kind of my husband's idea. And then when we came back to Portland, we didn't want to buy. We did look into buying a condo, but I would really recommend to anyone listening who goes through this, you you kind of don't want to rush into a permanent place because lots of places do have mold. So we ended up renting a, a new, newer construction townhouse. It was about 10 years old. And you know, mostly it was totally fine, but the downstairs room that was sort of by the garage, like the office room, we didn't feel right in there. So we ended up never using that room, which kind of sucked. We kind of used it for storage and stuff. Uh, and then it was so funny, Krista, when we ended up moving out of the townhouse, we had like a little yard sale and, uh, our neighbor was – we told We told our neighbor, like, about the mold thing. And they're like, oh, that's so funny because the people who lived here before you moved in for the same reason. And I think they used that room to store their moldy stuff, which ironically, like, we ended up doing too. <laughs> so, I, yes. you know, what are the odds? So I, I definitely hear from a lot of people with mold. It seems to kind of follow you around but ultimately we ended up after being in that townhouse like 10 months we were like we're gonna move to Arizona like we're just tired We're, you know we were still kind of sick it was a super cold like snowy winter and we're just like we're you know we're done with this clock (laughs) this climate we needed a fresh start and I think it was a really good decision
0: yeah crazy okay so that Let's backtrack to, you know, basically, let's go to the basics. So what is toxic mold?
1: Yeah, so there's a handful of species of molds that release mycotoxins, they're called, that can be in your home. And then there's other molds that can be in foods that also release mycotoxins and maybe some other places, but we can kind of concentrate on the home here. And I can't remember the names of all of them, but some of them are stachybotrys, uh, penicillin, and aspergillus. Those are a few, and those are kind of like the most common, I'd say, but there's a few more than that. Uh, and, you know, why why they exist in your home and why they're toxic and uh, I'll get into all that. Because there's lots of species of mold, lots and lots of species. There's lots in nature. And if you go into the woods, you know, these species of molds are balanced. You know, they're all, everything in the woods is sort of fighting for survival and, you know, that kind of a thing. But in your home, it's a little different, right? It's, an, it's not a natural environment, so a couple things happen. One is you have building materials like drywall that are made of like wood pulp, and then maybe have like chemicals sprayed on them, and it, and so they're susceptible to rot potentially when they're exposed to water. So water can happen from your you know your sink slowly dripping or your bathtub not being sealed right, or in our case like our gutters were dripping wrong, and um, so we had some windows that weren't installed right. So, you know, most of it we didn't even see. It was happening in the walls. Um, so basically, you have this unnatural environment that's warm and moist, and there's already these, maybe these mold species in the drywall, and they get fed from the water and the moisture, and they grow, and there's really not a lot of like natural competition for them. So they're, you know, growing and colonizing, and they're releasing these mycotoxins, which they release more like when they're spreading, which sometimes actually happens when things dry out. Um, so that's kind of the short of it. And really, what it's very important for people listening to know is it's not so much the mold that's the problem as the mycotoxins. So I get so often the question well, you know, why can't I just like cut it out and move on? it's not that simple because if it spread toxins all over your clothing and your couches and your rugs, that stuff is pretty impossible to remove. And then when you go to disturb the mold, when you try to remedy it, it's gonna try to spread, right? You've you've shaken it up like if you've ever had a moldy orange or something and knocked it, it releases little puffs, right? It's little puffs of, (laughs) so those little puffs are going into the air. And they're spreading. Uh, they're trying to spread spores so the mold can, you know, repopulate somewhere else. But it's also spreading the mycotoxins again. So this is a really important point and why it's not such a, a simple issue to remedy.
0: Yeah, my understanding is that there's, you know, so many species of mold. But for each type of toxic mold, there's um, hundreds of mycotoxins that can come from it. Would you say that's true?
1: Um, I don't think so. I, you know, it's pretty much one-to-one is my understanding. Like one species of mold will put out one unique uh, mycotoxin is, is more my understanding. Maybe it's like a little bit more than that, but I don't think it's hundreds of types of mycotoxins that come from one mold, at least not what I've heard.
0: Yeah. Interesting. It's funny how like, um, one mold expert to the other, I think that just speaks to The fact that sometimes we don't know enough about this um, world right maybe a little bit so um, the other thing that I had heard also from a different mold expert is that basically if you've got moisture in a space for more than 24 hours it's you know mold can just grow essentially so um, you know do you think this affects you you know does do you have something in your house that has gotten wet for more than 24 hours and stayed wet type thing would you agree with that
1: well, I think that's a bit of a generalization too. Like right now I live in the desert and it's a lot harder for mold to grow. So, you know, when we moved in, you asked about a house, like we, we, you know, we checked out our house pretty carefully, but it turned out when it stormed, we did have like a couple windows that leaked, but it seems to just really dry up quickly where we are. It doesn't, seem to be a big problem luckily although I have heard in Phoenix like there's older homes made of um, cinder block that can be really moldy in the walls but it's just I, you know it's also you know indoor molds level or sorry indoor humidity levels and there's some other factors so I don't think like every single time that you you know say you come home to some kind of puddle that you're guaranteed to have a mold problem or toxic mold. Could mold start growing that fast? Yeah. I I think that that makes sense. Sure. Um, and yeah, again, you do want to uh, take every water spill in your home seriously. You do want to move quickly. Um, I did a mold event after the floods in Houston and one of my friends homes got really flooded and, they did such a great job of really moving quickly to throw out wet carpet, cut out and throw out wet drywall. And this is an important point because with climate change, there's going to be more flooding. And, you you know, you've got to get in there and respond quickly. You've got to put in fans. You know, it's, it sounded like it was a pretty humid place where she was living. So you want to try to reduce that humidity Um so yeah, I, w- I would kind of agree with that, but I wouldn't say like it's always like every single time you- you're getting a problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like we need disaster relief resources for preventing mold issues because um, that kind of stuff is just, is emergency. And so you don't always know how to prepare and respond to those things, so.
1: No, well, yeah, and I have a I have all those recordings um, for free if people want to hear about it. You know, unfortunately with, with um tragedies like we usually aren't totally prepared but if you have some of this knowledge you know I don't know how she knew to do all these things maybe because you know there's a contractor in the family or something but um yeah if you have some sense of how to take care of your home you know to be honest Krista I was probably like a lot of people like I was like my home is just about like paint color and pillows and like I didn't really think about the structure of the home and I don't, I don't, I'm not that way anymore. You know, the structure of your home is the most important thing. Uh, and you really have to think about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would love to talk more about preventing mold, et cetera, but maybe we should help people understand if this relates to them. So let's talk about symptoms and maybe how, let's talk about that mechanism of action, how the mold disrupts um, the body. And, you know, overall, like what are the outward symptoms you're going to see first?
1: So it, it's a, it's very, it's very variable. Um, there's a whole long list of symptoms. Like some people will get a neurological symptom as being their first symptom. Like, you know, they can't, they can't walk correctly. Like they're losing function in their legs. Um, some people will just be, I, I would say the most common ones are fatigue and brain fog. And the tricky part is, you know, those are common for probably all your patients, right? They're like pretty common, um, but I think if you're, you know, those things aren't responding to having a clean diet and treating your adrenal glands or whatever, and it's just really persistent, like it was becoming for me, you know, that's kind of a red flag that there's maybe a toxic issue. So, so the the brain fog, the um, fatigue, also can be related to weight gain because it's you know, a toxin that your body can't handle, so it can store it as fat, it also makes a lot of inflammation in your body, so it can just be headaches, um, you know, muscle pain, I, for the whole time I lived in that house, I had a higher degree of muscle pain than I should have had, and I didn't understand it, Um, and now it, you know, it's not as much of an issue for me, so that's another one, certainly asthma, breathing issues, um, I had like a twitching eye. I had like uh, a lot of swelling around my eyes. Um, let's see, forgetfulness, but it's also related to some more serious conditions like heart disease, um, cancers. Uh, it also is very, very involved in the gut. I think the chronic gut issues that I also experienced in that home for 10 years were related to mold. And again, I was like, Eating well and like trying to do the right things. But again, it just creates a lot of inflammation. um, So it disrupts that. Um, Insomnia is another one, hormone dysregulation. Uh, This is is the main list.
0: Yeah, that's tricky because those do, those symptoms are very common for other conditions as well. So just like you said. um, Yeah. So it's tricky because if you think about just the physiology, it's your body can't get rid of a toxin and that really isn't limited to mold. There's many other environmental toxins that we have. So, you know, it's all I guess it makes sense why it's such kind of a, a list that's that goes to different um you know, that is is so translatable to different conditions as well. So really, it's not crazy to think if you've got mold. I guess you're kind of talking about it and maybe your experience was that slow onset, really slow onset. I wonder um, how quickly it can come on if you get hit by toxic mold. Maybe it depends on your overall bucket on the inside. Like how full is your inflammatory bucket already or how how compromises your body body already. Do you have feelings or thoughts about that? Um, Just in how symptoms maybe can come on and be really weird, weird
1: onset maybe? Yeah, sure. I do think it can have to do with your bucket. Like you said, um, I'll tell a story about that. But also it's your genetics. Like one in four people, their immune system can't tag the mold toxins and figure out how to remove it properly. So that's a pretty high percentage um, but still, like I actually have still never gotten that gene test, but I'm sure I am in that category considering what happened. But mine was still kind of, kind of slow onset, and then maybe like you said, sort of a bucket issue. Like we had this extra flooding, and I just hit my tipping point uh, at that point in time. Um, but I wanted to share a story. Like I have a a client who who's also like a a nutritionist and like you know she's super healthy and expert. Uh, And she had had um, a bunch of like, you know, chronic viruses and really complicated stuff in her health history, but was doing a lot better and had moved to a new state and a new townhouse and started getting sick really quickly. Like in the first week, you know, headaches and can't remember things. And talked to the owner of the condo and they were like, Oh no, everything's fine. And she just did some little like simple Petri dish tests that, um, grew mold like crazy. And I can't remember what else she did, but she was well aware of the mold issue and she reacted like the first week she was there. So I think that's possible for sure. And you know, would that have happened in a healthier person? It's hard to say, to be honest, like, you know, I think every case is a little different. I I can also share my sister-in-law had a bunch of papers and storage, like, um, and then they were moving and going through it all. And there was mold in there. And she was really reacting, like she couldn't go through the boxes. uh, So that happened, you know, that came on really quick for her too. Um, But I think there's also times we're exposed, and we don't realize we just, you know, the body hasn't recognized it as a threat or I, I'm not entirely sure, you know, maybe it's showing that the host is strong or maybe it's just like the body hasn't seen this kind of thing before. So it's just, it's ha- it's not putting up a reaction yet. And there's definitely in mold, mold the sicker, quicker um, theory. Like now if I'm exposed to mold, it's very fast. Whereas like you said, maybe for me in the beginning, it was slow onset, you know, now it's like within minutes, I know if I'm in a moldy place. So, um, your body, you know, my body knows mold really well. (laughs) So now it mounts a strong reaction when it gets around it. Mm -hmm.
0: So with your sister, she had a quick onset. She was going through moldy papers. What were the symptoms that she was experiencing so quickly where she knew that was what she was reacting from?
1: I think she was saying just kind of headache and like disorientation, just like kind of feeling. I mean, it, it is like a, you know, it's like a, it's a toxin. So sometimes you can feel, I don't want to say drunk, but it's like an altered state, you know, and some people will even have kind of hallucinato- hallucinogenic states from mold. It's like, you know, like people trip on mushrooms, right? Like it's, it's also sort of a natural toxin so um i think it yeah it can be different from different people but i would say some of the respiratory things headaches confusion there's something called mold rage which is very real uh, when we opened up our storage unit after being away for those couple months or maybe it was longer than that maybe it was um you know it i was raging like within minutes like i was just completely off the rails like for no reason, you know, not for any practical reason. Um, So it's just like a lot of inflammation in your brain that can happen really quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I think that can manifest as different things.
0: Yeah. So if you are, if you do have to go through things, because we have these experiences in life, like maybe you have to go through your grandma's stuff. Maybe it is moldy. As a precaution, do you suggest, is there like a certain mask people can use to try to avoid contact and exposure?
1: Well, you could do gloves. There is a mask. I'm forgetting the name, but there's like a mask a, kind of, that I don't remember. It's like RD70, or I can't even remember. But there's a mask that's sort of rated for mold that you can use. Again, it's I don't. None of these things are like perfect. You know, we bought like bunny suits and we had masks and stuff. But then you're like uncomfortable and like it's not perfect. But you can do a bunny suit and all that stuff. Um, at the minimum, when you're done, you should shower and wash your clothes and probably just wear clothes like, you know, your work clothes and not your everyday kind of clothes. Um, you know, you can ventilate the space. You can diffuse, um, essential oils in the space. Um, I'm a doTERRA person, so I use On Guard oil for that um that can kind of tamp down the toxins in the moment there's actually some pretty good studies about essential oils um and mold it's not a permanent solution but it could just help you while you're in that space um yeah and we had many rounds of this and i you know i wish we had kind of minimized how many times we went through our stuff but it was like we get rid of stuff and keep some and then realize it was still moldy and we get rid of more and it was just so silly but it's just hard to like Get rid of everything. You know, it's it's just hard, and you do want to go through your grandmother's stuff because there's some stuff in there you might really want to keep. So we have, I think we just have two tubs now of what we what's labeled as sentimental moldy stuff, and uh, there's just some things we kept. And I think that's frankly all we have left <laughs> of our former life practically. Um, but yeah, there's going to be some things that you might want to keep. Um, and yeah, that's a great question. Take some precautions. With the air quality and changing and showering, we could get into some of the supplements too later if you want to take if you've been exposed. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Well, off air we were talking about, you know, the tricky thing about this symptom list is that... it's not different than a lot of other conditions. And so maybe that lends itself to a couple questions. The first might be, you know, I was telling you about a story of a friend that I have in their workplace. A lot of people are getting sick and no one seems to know what the problem is. And it's just a little too coincidental. And we were talking about, you know, chemical versus mold exposure. Um, but in theory, the body still is dealing with those in a similar way or a different way, do you think? Because it's coming in something the body doesn't want, so it's going to try to get rid of it, correct? So it's, again, the bucket thing? Similar or what
1: do you think? way. Similar way. You know, every toxin is going to affect, like, organ systems a little differently. Like, some chemicals really affect the thyroid. and But, yeah, like, they're all going to burden the body, the liver and create inflammation. And I think to, to to address that question about like, well, which is it? You know, we're sick with a lot of things. It's just like they asked me, you know, what's new in your home, right? Or what's new in your environment? It's environmental medicine. So we just installed wall-to-wall carpet. Well, there you go. You know, it's full of chemicals, frankly. <laughs> it's really dangerous stuff. And people can get really sick from that, like seizures and all sorts of things. But you know, for us, what was new in our home? A, a cat in the wet basement. Mm-hmm. So it you you know you have to look at like what's happened, and and it might have been slower, like you said, it could have been a slower onset. Um, but usually you can figure out something in the home, and if you can't, you could have it inspected, or it could be in the workplace, like you mentioned one simple test that some practitioners do is just ask you to move out of the home for 10 days and see if you feel better when you're away and worse when you're back. Um, You know, we didn't really know we had mold, so we didn't exactly do that test. Um, But you could do that, yeah, with lots of Places that you suspect, right? Just let your body tell you because you're going to maybe have that sicker, quicker reaction when you come back.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's a nice way to put it um, overall. So let's talk about testing and how you find out um, whether you have mold. Like, what are all of our options?
1: Yeah, so the ones in the home that I think are best, there's more than I'll mention, but I do think it's good to get an actual mold inspector who really knows how to look at the structure of your home and can run moisture readings, especially if you own your home. Because if you own your home, you're gonna need to know what to do about fixing it. Um, and then another test I like, I actually use this mycotoxin dust test. So it's not testing for spores, it's testing for toxins. And you collect some dust from like behind your fridge and in various places, you need kind of a lot of dust. <laughs> and. Uh, you send it in and they measure again. So this is why I wasn't sure about the hundreds of mycotoxins because they measure. I think it's sort of one for one mycotoxin associated with the the spore, but maybe they just mention one because it's the most dangerous or something. Um, so I like that test because that's a one to, you know get a sense of like if there's toxins um, in the home. Whereas a mold inspector is going to test for spores, which is still helpful. What is that test called? The dust test is by real-time labs. Mm -hmm. And I think it's called, yeah, something like mycotoxin dust test or something like that. And you can buy it as a consumer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the body, the one, the test I would usually recommend to run is a urine test uh, that, again, tests for mycotoxins. And there's a little bit of procedure to do to... um, get ready for that test. Um, And I think you can run it by yourself, but frankly, like I do think you need a professional involved because even just interpreting the test is a little tricky. Um, Sometimes it looks worse than it is. Um, And then you need to help to get it out of your body. So, you know, we help people with ordering it and interpreting it and making a protocol and all that. And that is by Great Plains Lab. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what else? Um, There's also a, a nasal test that I learned. I was very happy to learn about when I was going through all this, which is a nasal swab test for something called Marcon's, which is a multiple antibiotic resistant staph infection you can have in your nose. And when your immune system is overwhelmed by mold and possibly there's mold colonizing in your nose, you can develop again another imbalance of this, this staph infection, this chronic staph infection in your nose, which can sh- turn around and reduce melatonin production in your body. Um, it's just kind of like another kind of chronic infection you can have, and many people with mold have it. So, that's a nasal swab that you do have to get through a practitioner. And, um, I think that's another good test to take.
0: Yeah. How prevalent do you think Marcon's is?
1: I don't know. That's a good question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear more about it and then I don't hear more about it. So, um, how did the, how did the, how does the process for improving your body, um, or how does the treatment differ from Marcon's to mold toxicity?
1: Marcon's is, is basically a local treatment. And you can do, like, with a naturopath, you can do, like, um, antibiotic spray. It, they maybe give you oral antibiotics, too. I didn't go the antibiotic route. But to be honest, I don't know if I've gotten rid of my Marcon's yet. I need to retest. Um, uh, but there are also, like, probiotic, you know, sprays. And I, we use the silver spray with, like, an herbal kind of tincture in it. Um In the nose, mm-hmm. so it's usually more of like a local treatment for markons, but it is pretty stubborn, which is why um I actually did a part podcast on markons, and you know the doctor I talked to was like, you know it's just hard to get rid of, so he he often ends up going to the antibiotics. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I wonder how often a doctor would know what Marcon's is. So I wonder if that's really hit. That's not a conversation I've had with really No, doctors. I don't
1: think so. I don't think so at all. Yeah. You know, and I get that question, well, like, can I talk to my doctor about mold? Um, what well, friend was asking me about her dad? Cause she thought he had a moldy car. She's like, okay, oh, hey, he's going to ask his doctor about running these tests. <laughs> I'm like, good luck to you. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. But it's great to bring up because there needs to be awareness and there are, could be some doctors who do know about it because they've seen those cases before where they have some special training or experience in it. Um, you know, we do need to move these conversations into the mainstream. Um, but yeah, basically, no, I, I haven't heard anyone say that their conventional insurance-based doctor um, worked on them for mold or Marcon's.
0: So Markons is really pathogen, right? Whereas mold, I think about as toxin, maybe. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. So what do you do with toxic mold? You're trying to detoxify, you're removing the exposure, then you're detoxifying. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, you definitely want to remove the exposure. And frankly, I think it can take quite a long time to get it out of your body. And some practitioners will say it's shorter. But I just think it's a very long process. I honestly don't know if it's possible to get it 100% out of your body because they found it, like, in deep, deep tissue in the body, like in the jaw and, like, in the lung tissue. And you can do some local remedies. Like, I've done a nebulizer for my lungs and stuff. But, I, yeah, I wonder if you can get it entirely out. And those spores can actually colonize in the moisture of your body, which is pretty messed up. Um, but that being said, I think you can get most of it out of your body and you can regain your health. Um, so there needs to be probably some targeted treatment of the gut, um, some targeted treatment of the nose, maybe targeted treatment of the lung tissue with a nebulizer, and then lots of systemic treatment with things like coffee enemas or glutathione supplements using binders like charcoals and clay, um, I have benefited from using fish oil, magnesium. There's a supplement called phosphatidylcholine that really helped me, especially with like brain health. And, and then, yeah, I've used a silver spray um, internally and in my nose. You know, I've done some different gut healing protocols, um, probiotics vitamin C I've done, I mean, I've tried a lot of things. I'm trying to mostly mention the things that, um, felt like they moved the needle for me. It's definitely a lot. I've also done IV therapy. I've done ozone therapy. Um, I've done some chelation therapy, which was too intense for me. So there's, there's things you can do, you know, at a naturopath's office as well. Um,
0: Yeah. And
1: I, I honestly just think you just have to kind of keep, oh, sauna. I didn't mention sauna. It's really important. Um, and you just kind of have to keep plugging away at it and there's going to be bad days and it's going to, you know, it's going to take a while. If you've been really seriously exposed like I was, I think it's going to take a while, um, but it does get better.
0: Yeah, so it's good to have realistic expectations and then kind of something I heard you say is there's a lot of things that could be done and it's nice to have an understanding of how these things work and how they could help and the length of time needed for certain things. I mean, it's nice to have a guide when possible or that knows this thing because it could feel really overwhelming um, and I've kind of been in that place where I know how overwhelming that can feel. So I just mentioned that because I know just as you list that off, I know that that could feel a little raw, and there might be a good place to start, right?
1: yeah um yeah, the, a good place to start i I honestly would say sauna is maybe my favorite easy place to start. And there's a lot of debate going on nowadays about which sauna is best. Um, honestly, just like it doesn't really matter. like if you don't have any money because your house is full of mold, just go to the one at your gym. Like it doesn't really matter that much. It lit, you know now I own a sauna uh, but you don't have to buy a sauna right off the bat. Yeah, Um,
0: I would agree with that because the sweating is the important part. And I will tell you a story not to like be, I I hope this is a good story, but I will say that there must be a little quality difference um, at some point. And this is just, you know, just experiment. Um, My sister-in-law came to visit and she went to her sauna in her own town and she said she'll be at 130 degrees for 20 minutes and barely sweat. And then she comes to my sauna. She's at 120 degrees in five minutes. She's drenched in sweat. So that tells me that there must be a little bit of a difference. um, And the goal is the sweat right so and sometimes when you start sauna you don't sweat as much right away but yeah sauna is a big deal i i recommend it to a lot of people for a lot of reasons but it was a big deal for my own healing journey which wasn't with toxic mold but was with toxins overall so love 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 po- phosphatidylcholine as well and some of the other things you mentioned oh, good. So, yeah. good so um let's talk about really quick um negative side effects that can happen when removing toxins
1: yeah, so I'm a definitely a fan that you shouldn't feel horrible when you're removing toxins, but it it's tricky because it's a hard um, it can be like hard you know, you do want to remove them so you have to find the balance. Um, you know, so sometimes you might accidentally hit that point where you don't feel well. Um, but I, in my personal theory, I don't think you should have to feel ill. Uh, basically, when you remove toxins, you know, faster than you can process them, there'll be an inflammatory, uh, response. Like it's called a Hertz reaction. And for me, that often manifests as like a 24 hour horrible headache. Um, but could be different for different people. You know, it could be fatigue or diarrhea or brain fog or something like that. Um, so yeah. I personally think it's okay to find the balance of, um, you know, what doesn't make you feel worse. Cause you already don't feel well. So why do you want to feel worse for 24 hours? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's possible. A lot of the home remedies, you know, won't bring that up, but I think, you know, I have heard people not even be able to tolerate sauna too well, in which case you just don't stay in as long or you use less heat. Um, And then you work up to more.
0: More, yeah. Um, Cool. So, Bridget, if someone is listening to this today and they're curious or they have foul mold in their house or they want to do or they know they want to be a little more proactive, what would you suggest?
1: Um, Well, yeah, probably the testing. And then I would maybe say just to start getting more knowledgeable. We have this, um, you know, mold week recordings that I think you're going to share one mistake we made was to move too hastily. Like we definitely tried to remediate our house too hastily without understanding all the repercussions, but yeah, get knowledgeable, maybe look into getting, um, some testing. And if there's something you could do, I don't know, that's like really easy and obvious to, I like we say it's a bathroom with mold. It's like a guest bathroom. Maybe just don't go in there, you know, keep the door closed and, don't go in there and you open the window or use a dehumidifier. So if there's something you can do temporarily to just, you know, avoid or reduce the mold till you figure out how to fix it, that could be an option.
0: Got it. Okay. So Bridget, where can
1: people find you online? Yeah, it's just my name, BridgetDanner.com. And outside of mold, (laughs) we also have a a free gift on the main site about other, some other toxic swaps you can do in your daily life. And we've got, yeah, we've got a blog on Mark on. So there's lots of info in there. If, if you want to follow up on anything we talked about today.
0: Cool. All right, Bridget. Well, thanks so much for sharing your journey. I know it's probably more common than people realize, but not always often talked about. So just bringing awareness to the topic is um, knowledge is power. So we thank you for your time.
1: Thank you. One of the best gifts you could give us at the Less Stress Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you
0: enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review in the iTunes store or from your podcast app just search for less stress life as if you're not already subscribed click on the banana face image scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews and write a review while you're there hey make sure you hit subscribe for Android or stitcher users you gotta go to the desktop site and search for less stress life and then scroll down to leave a review stitcher doesn't load apple reviews on their site so if you want you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do
1: that. You rock.